0: Hey guys, it's Teresa. Thanks for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast by hitting subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. I'll give you two seconds to do it right now. Did you do it? Okay, good. Also, we have a Patreon. You can support the podcast there at patreon.com slash tellmeanythingpod. You can also leave me a voicemail of your confession or just a comment at 323-388-3521, and I might play it on the podcast. Or email me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. Also, I just wanted to take this moment to let you guys know I am currently on tour. That's right, right at this moment, if you're listening to the podcast when it comes out. I will be in Richmond tonight. Asheville tomorrow, Atlanta this weekend, then Nashville and San Francisco. So if you want to catch me on the road, go to TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows for all the latest details. Okay, enjoy the show. Bye. You can tell her You can tell
1: her
2: anything She's a real to You Can Tell Me Anything. I am Teresa Lee, and I don't have a catchphrase. This is a podcast where I have people on confessing things to me that they never told anybody. And today I have a very cool guest. I'm super excited. She just did her Netflix 15-minute, uh, and she's visiting from New York. Please welcome Kate Willett. Hello. You need a catchphrase? Yeah. About, yeah. Do you have one? Hey, what the fuckers? <laughs> I used to have a
1: podcast, but I was so embarrassed about it that I deleted the whole thing from the internet.
2: Oh, really? What
1: was it about? It was a sex advice podcast, and um I was uh I was good friends with the host of uh-huh. the podcast. We, we co-hosted it together. Okay. Um but uh yeah, but I I think we just ended up going into too much personal stuff on the podcast, and I was like, I don't really want this to live on the internet (laughs) forever. Let's delete all the episodes.
2: That is the scary thing about the internet because you go through phases in life, and then you sort of just want to move on. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have like a very old YouTube channel from college, like before I did comedy, where I just posted like very earnest, like fashion things i liked and like dances that i choreographed that's it's, so cute it still exists you choreographed but I think,
1: dances yeah Are I, you used a dancer? To dan-
2: I used to i don't oh, anymore. Okay. No, i yeah i actually tried to do the splits the other day and i was so far from it that i almost cried um because it's just like for all my my all my life i was like a dancer up until college and then i just stopped and you know if you stop for even two months it kind of goes away but yeah, so, I mean, it's been years now. I want to take a dance class again, just get my body moving. It is fun. Yeah, I mean, I would take a class, but I I don't think I have any technique, so it'd have to be one of those, like, aerobic hip-hop whatever, you know? Where yeah, you just, yeah. Like, it's just fun and feel good. Zumba. Zumba, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I like to start every podcast by asking uh, my guest to make a good confession, because not all confessions have to be bad. Sometimes they are good. Uh, it could be a brag. It could be something you're proud of. Something you're excited about. Do you have a uh, something good to confess, Kate? Yeah. So I
1: am going to Australia really
2: soon. I haven't really told that many people
1: about it yet. I don't know why. Because I guess I've just been excited and I haven't. I just haven't felt like sharing it. Yet. That's huge for a comedy. <laughs> I'm going for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm really excited. It's the first time that I have. Um, him paid to travel internationally for comedy, and it feels like a really cool thing. I'm excited about it. Like, oh man, doing so much work for years, a lot of the time for free, and then every once in a while you get to do something really cool. Like, Get a free plane ticket to another country. That's awesome.
2: Um ho- that's a long one, right? You'll be there for a while? Two weeks, yeah. Wow, that's so awesome.
1: Definitely enough time to have a short relationship with an uh-huh. Australian. Yeah. That's and, how I'm thinking and, of And koalas of... you can
2: meet them. Oh my god, I got a picture yay. of the koalas.
1: I don't know if I'll have time to like go anywhere besides Melbourne. I maybe they have koalas in Melbourne. I don't I know. I just imagine they're just walking around. Probably not, but <laughs> I love the animals of other countries. This is such a quick tangent, but Mm -hmm. it just made me think of this thing. I lived in Costa Rica for a while. Oh, wow. And I lived with this lady that was, she was probably 50, like, very no-nonsense kind of personality. And Mm -hmm. there were monkeys everywhere because it was Costa Rica. And so it's just like, there'd be just like a monkey chilling out your window. And sometimes they'd have little baby monkeys and they'd like mess with you and like t- take all the trash out of the trash can and throw it everywhere just just for mischief's sake Whoa, so you know they're like
2: squirrels yeah well
1: see so wait so I <laughs> told this lady I was like I love living here because I just love seeing all these monkeys all the time and she's like monkeys who even cares about a monkey you know because she's been seeing them her whole life she's yeah. like monkeys whatever you know what I really want to see in my life I'm like, what's that? She's like, a squirrel. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> so I just thought that was really They're funny. so gross.
2: Yeah. My dad had a monkey when he was a kid because my, my grandpa was a ship captain. And so he this was back when you could just get through customs doing whatever. So he brought back a – I think he actually brought it on a plane, though. But he, he bartered for it. Like, I think he traded the monkey when he was, like, on one of his jobs for something else, like liquor or something. And that feels so old-timey, bartering really? for a monkey. Yeah, but <laughs> it was pretty sad because I think the monkey did not last very long in Aww. Taiwan. They lived in Taiwan, and the winters are very cold. And yeah, so maybe that's why you're not supposed to have a monkey. But but yeah, I don't know. My dad used to tell me that story, and I just imagined him playing with this monkey when he was a kid. I, was like, that's okay. I heard monkeys are mean. So I guess they, they can bite, right? And they throw their poop at you. I guess I so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about them. This monkey was named Bonnie. Aw. I know. (laughs) Um, Well, that's a great... That's very exciting. I'm super excited for you. When are you going? I'm leaving on March 25th. Oh, that's so soon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a big
1: period of uh, personal transition right now, so I'm actually very excited
2: to be able to, like, go out of the country for two weeks, reflect on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, Well, speaking of reflecting, how do you usually, like, if if you have... going on do you have a confidant do you go to therapy do you i guess you probably don't go to people don't go to confession like a thing that's a religious thing but
1: no i used to when i was a little kid i went to catholic church and i did confession it was actually my favorite part of church oh really um yeah it
2: must be very therapeutic right is it yeah i think it's one of the best things
1: about catholicism like it's nice for people to have a way to get things off their chest and you know i think it really depends on the priest because i'm sure that there's some priests that like are very you know shaming or something sure. but i i also think that there's some that are like really good listeners and are empathetic and it's more like therapy you know do way. they
2: respond to you do they give you advice or it's more just like mm-hmm, all right uh no some give you advice yeah i mean the last
1: time i did it i was a little kid you mm-hmm. know and i was a really good kid when i was younger like i mean i was just i was just straight a's like uh-huh. tried super hard to be nice um was always like class president and stuff. Just you know, so I sometimes I would like try to like make up stuff to confess <laughs> that I did something wrong. But yeah. so because
2: you wanted to have something to confess. What kind of what kind of stuff do kids confess? Just like I didn't. Do I was my mean homework. to my
1: brother. Aww. That kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. That's cool that you had a positive experience because I feel like I I've also seen the other side. Like I hear um, a lot of comics who were raised Catholic talk about growing up with a lot of guilt and shame. So I wonder if sort of always having to count your sins could feel like this burden. But but for you, it felt like a positive thing to be able to reflect.
1: Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, I definitely, when I was in Catholic school, had, you know, a variety of experiences. Like, there were definitely some people that were more like, um, you know, old school Catholic, just like so, like, n- angry nuns and stuff. We didn't, uh-huh. this was like past the age where people like were hitting folks with rulers and stuff <laughs> i never encountered that but there was also i think um in the 70s there was like this wave of like hippie catholic people you mm-hmm. know that were just like i'm um, like like nuns for socialism and stuff so we had some people that were also like really cool yeah oh cool and are you do you still go to church no, I don't go to church anymore. But I have recently been thinking about going back to church. Uh, I'm not, be- I'm not religious, and that for me feels like an obstacle to going to church. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I love the community, and I was thinking about trying to find like a liberal church in New York. You know, like maybe like Unitarian or something oh, where yeah. like, oh, just believe whatever you want, because I just. It, that feels, I mean, I can't believe I just submitted that to a comic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, actually, I feel the same way. I Every time I walk by churches, I think like, oh, maybe I should start going. But I think it's, for me, I wasn't raised religious, but I really like the idea of having somewhere to go every week. And it's just like, a you know, a community. I used to go to, in New York, um, St. Mark's Church, because I, I went to school around there. And I just started going because it was a pretty church. Um, and it was Episcopalian. And I wasn't baptized, so I wouldn't do the e- Eucharist or whatever. But it was really nice because I just went for an hour, listened to the sermons, and felt good and left.
1: So. I like
2: that. I go to 12 step programs
1: like I, for mm-hmm. recovery. Yeah. Um, and it, you get a little bit of that uh, church kind of community feeling yeah. with it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just. There's a, there's a lot that church has done wrong. Like, you know, religion has hurt a lot of people. And um, I think about that a lot. But I also think that, like, especially in a society like ours, it can be so isolating. Like, it's mm-hmm. nice to have a group of people that would, like, bring you dinner if you had surgery or something. You know? Right. I mean, I probably have friends that would do that. But, <laughs> you know?
2: But they feel more, al- I feel like you're right. With church, there is sort of this, like, holier than thou feeling sometimes that. Can be off-putting but then on the other side of that when something happens they like have to step up yeah so everyone has to you know pray for you and it feels nice um yeah i feel like with church I, I i used to go to meetings too and i felt the same way um but for me i feel like with all these like groups i feel like it's like a casual relationship for me the way like like a casual hookup would be like i love going sometimes but i don't like the idea of having to commit so i've never committed to one religion and even when I was I was sober for a year, um, and even when I was sober, I, I always in my mind was like, well, I just like want the option of having friend being friends with like party people and being friends with sober people, so I like just didn't want to commit to one side. But did you make a conscious decision to not go to so to not be sober anymore? Were you like, ah, this isn't really for me? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I, it's always been on and off. Actually, it's weird because I'm also bi and I. Have described it in a similar way, where it's like I just want the option to be both, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be both like a party girl and a sober person. But I really like. I mean, I don't. I'm not like a party girl anymore. But I just. Uh, I still have a lot of friends who are in that world, so I I started drinking again after I gave it up for a year, and then I uh, went to a wedding for a close friend that I was in, and everybody was like you know, from college, and I was like, I think I'm have under control, and it just felt like the path of least resistance to just drink.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you weren't, like, messing up your life super bad, it's like, if you don't need to not drink, I can't, I need to not drink, Yeah, but if I didn't need to not drink, I would just drink, for sure.
2: It's definitely debatable. I've gone back and forth, which probably means I'm still on my journey to figuring <laughs> it out, so who knows, uh, but yeah, but, but I, I totally relate to finding that community there. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes it annoys
1: me so much. Like, I I hate the holier-than-thou thing about yeah. it.
2: But I understand why they have to do that. Because if you're anywhere in the middle, then it's very easy to fall back.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, and it's also, like, I guess you see whatever you're looking for, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think that I'm a person that, like, whenever anybody's trying to tell me to do something, my response is, like, fuck you, dad, <laughs> you know? But yeah. it's, like... You know, in 12-step programs, like, the stuff that people will tell you to do is, like, take 10 minutes a day for self-care. And I'm like, you can't make me. It's, like, what, right. this is not, like,
2: harmful stuff, Yeah. You know? That's true. It's just like, yeah, be, be good to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, no, I will destroy my body Yeah, I want totally. to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so speaking of which, is there anything you want to get off your chest right now? So I was
1: thinking about this, and I was thinking that one thing that is – weird about me is um when I was younger not even that much younger I sp- I spent a lot of time trying to join cults. okay All right. <laughs> I guess yeah I guess it's kind of connected what's actually, a lot the of time sense of community well I would say that there's like there was like a five-year period of my life where I was like really shopping for the right cult to be wow. in and I don't think
2: it was like that conscious but I guess is it hard now- to join a cult because this. I'm imagining you like doing research, like applying to colleges. Like, all right, I've got these brochures out here. All right, which one is right for me? And just like visiting cults. So I think that some of it
1: was I did grow up very religious. Mm-hmm. And um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Valencia. Okay. And um, after I left Catholic school, I was um, into this uh, mega church, which I look back on and think that was 100% a cult. Uh-huh. Like it was just, they were super controlling of everyone's lives and just very insular. And mm-hmm. like, if your family didn't, you know, accept Jesus, at, you know, at a certain point, like you were supposed to cut them off. And yeah, it was very culty. Like people like just, you know, throwing themselves on the floor and crying and oh, just wow. all this. And I went to Christian camps. Um, where, like, it was just, like, all about, like, you know, just very insular community mm-hmm. and lots of fear. And I think that that was kind of my first cult experience. But I was bisexual, mm-hmm. and I also felt like there was something really off to me about the idea that, like, anyone who didn't believe this exact thing was going to go to hell. You know, I had a Jewish boyfriend, and I thought that he was the nicest guy, and I was like, he's not going to hell. What are you talking about, you know? Um, So I eventually stopped going to that church when I was, like, 17, um, and I was getting ready to apply to college, and I was super in love with this one friend of mine who was a woman, girl, I guess, at that point, because we were both 17, (laughs) And um she got a boyfriend who was in the church of Scientology. Wow. And um she and she was
2: in your church? Was she no. um oh, she was she, a friend did,
1: she went to church but not the same church as me. Okay. Um yeah, she was a. I I think she was a Pentecostal Christian. Oh wow like people like in her church people like spoke in tongues and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, But her boyfriend was in the Church of Scientology, um, and uh, he was, like, a kid actor that had a lot of money, and so, like, Mm -hmm. he did all the classes and stuff like that, and I think his parents were Scientologists, too, Um, and so she joined the Church of Scientology, and then she stopped talking to everyone else who wasn't in the Church of Scientology. Like, she cut me off. I probably needed to be cut off because I was, like, obsessed with her, and it's weird <laughs> to have a friend who's romantically obsessed with you. <laughs> I don't know. Eh, you know, was, yeah.
2: all, I'll need that sometimes. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's, you know, that to me that feels like pretty standard lesbian teen stuff to uh-huh. just have this, like, tortured obsession with someone that's, like, never <laughs> sexual and just, like, uh-huh. be like, I just want to write poems about this person forever, <laughs> you know. Um, but so she joined the Church of Scientology, and... Um, stop talking to everyone. And and I think I thought that, like, I could get close to her again if I joined the Church of Scientology, you know, just, like, coincidentally. Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, just, like, you know, I just, like, I, I kind of got the idea, and then I just, like, looked into it more, <laughs> and then I found out that it was for me.
2: And they're all about recruiting, so yeah, for her, it would feel, she'd feel validated if she brought you in or Ye- – Yeah, I don't think she would have. I think she would have been mad (laughs) if I had
1: just started showing up at Scientology
2: things. Um, Sometimes I think about that just like when I'm really lonely, like between relationships, I'm just like, you know, if I really wanted attention, I could just like hit up one of my like Bible Belt, like evangelical friends who really want to recruit me and just be like, I've been thinking about turning to DSP. I'm not sure. Can you convince me? And then they just make me a project. Yeah. And I would just have a friend.
1: I've totally thought about that. <laughs> you know, like I, I definitely have had moments like so lonely that I'm like, yeah. what if I just became like full on like religious yeah. and I just like had these church people that were like just really into converting me. And they would you know? feel like
2: they did it. Especially yeah. and especially if you're like I would have to play the fence like I don't know and then counter argument and then be like, yeah. oh, Okay, you're kind of swaying me. I, I could
1: like find a nice person who wants to like settle down, you know, <laughs> like yeah (laughs) like it just wouldn't be like it's just this obsession with like super casual like i don't want anything like it'd be like what if i could just find someone who's like a totally different kind of wacko where we're like together for like two weeks and he's like let's get married for the rest of our lives Um, in the name
2: of jesus christ
1: and then yeah exactly we can't be sexual until we get married (laughs) it's like let's get married right now (laughs) probably wouldn't i mean i think you know, I, I could definitely see the downsides of that situation in a lot of ways, but I can share <laughs> sure, it from Sure, for sure. I know it's
2: terrible marriage, but Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. But uh so I made some friends. Mm-hmm. I was at, at the this was like a year went by since we graduated and I was back down here for the summer living in Santa Monica. Um and I made some friends that were in a creative writing class with me. Uh-huh. and they I convinced them to go with me to tour the Church of Scientology um, because I was like, this will be really good for, like, writing stuff,
2: like, to see it. Did uh, you know, I mean, was this before? I mean, I know Scientology has always sort of been uh, in the back background, like, that's kind of culty, but for me, it wasn't until, like, Going Clear and all these documentaries came out that I really understood, like, what a big problem it was. Yeah, Did this you know was about before all that this? stuff. Okay, so it was sort of just, like, yeah, you knew it was kind of weird. I knew weird, it was a cult,
1: but I didn't. I definitely didn't know as much about it as I know today, Uh you know, that wasn't, I mean, I think you could definitely find the information, but it's like now, like everyone knows that stuff because those documentaries were a really big deal. It probably came out like shortly after, but it wasn't out yet, you know. Um, And also I was only, I was 18, you know, so I was dumb. Um, But uh, I convinced these people to go tour the Church of Scientology and, um, I didn't say I wanted to join or anything. I just said it would be interesting for us to uh-huh. do. And so they brought us on a tour of Scientology. And I was asking the, the lady that was giving us the tour was like one of these folks that had like signed some contract with the Church of Scientology that, you know, she was going to take all the classes for free. But like in exchange for like a million years of service, <laughs> you know, like literally right. a million years Oh my because <laughs> it goes on to your next life, you know, um, and or lives after that. And, uh, so she gave us a tour and I was like asking all these questions. Um, and I was asking questions about, you know, the, the girl I liked and her boyfriend too. I was like, do you know them? How are they doing? <laughs> and, um, she, uh, she, like, said that she had met them and stuff, and I was asking, like, how do you sign up? Like, how much money do you need? And I was, like, making up lies about myself, too. I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, because I was just, like, I have, like, a ton of cash, like, <laughs> which I guess is probably something that no one would say if they actually did, you know? <laughs> um, but I was, like, trying to make her think that I was, like, rich enough to join and stuff. And uh, I think she was just really freaked out by my whole <laughs> vibe because she – asked for my friend's phone numbers to follow up with them and she did but she never followed up with me I think it was <laughs> like scared the,
2: off the Scientologist yeah wow. I was like
1: I was rejected by this girl and then I was immediately rejected by a cult <laughs> oh, no. after that and um yeah that was I just had very low self-esteem
2: at that point <laughs> oh my god that's crazy yeah um so but that was good that I mean, it's good You dodged the bullet And I don't would really you have think I would have joined if been they a scientologist? called you what? If they had called you and were like, "Your friends here and she would love to see you. Would you want to join? Would you have done it?" I would have done it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I really really was like
1: um I was really into her, you know. Uh I don't know what happened to her. I think that she's not a scientologist anymore. Um and she's not with that guy anymore. I think that guy turned out to be like just emotionally abusive and have a lot of weird issues with like Coke and just all this stuff. But, um, I think she married a Trump supporter and Mm -hmm. I think that they're both really, really rich Republicans now.
2: So it worked out for her. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, Sounds. I don't know. I don't know what her life
1: was like at all, but you know, I know that she always wanted to be really rich and marry someone really cute. And she did both of those things with our Trumpy and that kind of grosses me out. Yikes. Yeah. Also, I think that she's a secret bisexual because. So she's like repressing. I think of. so because there was always yeah. some.
2: Usually th- your instincts are right. I there
1: was like. always some woman that she was having. Like for years, she would have like a different woman that she would that would be the woman was a lesbian that was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have an intense friendship and then they'd break up. But it just happened a, a ton of times. So I think yeah. that there was something going on with her. She could have just really liked the attention. I don't know.
2: Every time I've had a crush like growing up on a girl, um, I've usually later found out that they were bi or lesbian. And But I didn't even know I was. You know, I just used to be like, I must be straight because I have crushes on boys and also crushes on girls. But that's fine. And then just like write it off. But I think usually, you know, you, there's a reason that you're drawn to certain people, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, de- I had two really good friends in elementary school that I always... One was, I guess, in sixth grade, junior high, that I always just, like... I was like, there was something extra about our friendship. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of a I I don't know, just a very youthful kind of love. It wasn't, right. you know, we weren't hooking up or anything, but yeah, this one girl that was just like, she, we were on the same softball team, and she, mm-hmm. I was so bad at softball, but she just always took the time to like help me and show me, and then she turned out to be a lesbian and uh, it seems like she is in a super happy marriage with her wife and they're adorable. And I was just like, I knew there was something going on. I knew there was a reason that you were so patient about teaching me softball. And then my best friend in sixth grade, we were so into each other and she's married to a woman now too. So yeah, I think that the instincts can be right. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Was the- it? You said you were trying to join uh, cults for a while. So was, yeah, it was it? So, just Scientology? So not just Scientology. So uh,
1: after I graduated from college, I was in this acting class. and Acting
2: is a cult, yes. Acting <laughs> can be a
1: cult. This teacher was actually pretty culty. But um, she recommended that everyone in the class sign up for this, like, personal development class. Okay, oh, Um And I... I, I, I'm i not going to say the name of this cult, but there's probably people who will, like, recognize it just because I don't want them to right. get me in trouble. So we went to this personal development course, and it starts out with just, like, a weekend. Uh-huh. And then during the weekend, they, like, break you down. Like, they, like, to just tell you, you know, try and think, like, what the tactics are. Like, they just, you know, like, if you're one minute late, like, they make you, like, stand up in front of everyone and, like, just berate you for like a long time like a half an hour and um if you are uh you know like resistant to anything that they ask you to do then they tell you like you know then they have everyone else like say stuff to you like yeah just like about like how sad it is you know that you're not like living your best life or whatever you know but just like a lot of pressure it kind of reminded me a lot of the like you know Jesus stuff about like you need to get saved. Like this was very much about like getting saved, but like for through... acting? No, no, it wasn't acting. Oh, it was the just acting teacher recommended this I see. workshop. And, um,
2: so what was the goal just to develop as a person?
1: Yeah, the goal was like is like to develop as a person. Like it okay. came out of the like San Francisco 1970s like human potential movement and this is like all about like just being authentic and being the most powerful person. Kind okay. of a mix of like self-help and um uh, maybe some undertones of kind of Buddhist stuff maybe, but it you know it definitely wasn't like presented as Buddhist, but like a uh-huh. lot of the ideas
2: I think the 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 good ideas in it came from Buddhism, you know. It was like some like like trust fund kid went to to uh, Asia or something and was like, "Oh, that's cool, I'll adopt that." And then just, exactly like, made a fusion, yeah, of but something. like mix it up with Tony Robbins kind of <laughs> uh-huh. stuff. It
1: wasn't a Tony Robbins thing, but um, then you know the whole idea is that you like have this transformation and uh-huh. that you're just a completely different person, and you're supposed to like call everyone in your life and say that you have been transformed. Oh, wow. I was a little skeptical of that because I was like, uh, my friends will think that this is, like, (laughs) really weird. But I did it with some people. Um, And, you know, then, of course, like, after that, they want you to sign up for, like, uh, another course Mm -hmm. and just, like, sign up for all their courses and – uh, I didn't have a lot of money, so I started, like, volunteering for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd get some courses for, like, free or discount because I was, like, doing a lot of work in their office. I used to come there and work for free a lot. Oh, wow. Um, and the whole idea is that you, um, you know, you're supposed to, like, recruit everyone that you know to join. <laughs> so, like, a lot of what you do when you go in there is you, like call people that you know and try Mm -hmm. to get them to sign up for these classes and like just do this like hardcore sales pitch of like my life has been transformed by this and I used to be this very um, broken sad person and now I have all this confidence and I'm really empowered and I'm accomplishing my goals and I'm in the best relationship of my life and Uh you just say stuff like that um and uh yeah I mean the people who worked for the organization were 100 percent true believers. Like I really do believe that probably a lot of people who ended up working for them were in situations where they were very broken before. like sure. maybe people who were you know had been addicts or had been suicidal and they genuinely mm-hmm. found a sense of purpose in this community. Maybe like people would find a church, but the
2: thing about this was that it was very monetized, sure you know and so they're exploiting people's weaknesses. Yeah, I mean, because they truly wanted people to feel better, they wouldn't be uh, trying to use these, like, tactics, right? It would just be about being a supportive community and not, like, AA is, like, something that feels guilty, but it's free and they don't, you know, and it's all a donation. So, yeah, that's why the difference, I guess, would be they're not trying to monetize your weaknesses.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right, you know? It doesn't really feel that culty to
0: me.
2: No, no, it doesn't. But it, but the parts, uh, if you were to just like line up the the way when you go in, there's like one yeah. way of thinking. Yeah. That there's a Kool Aid. Yes, to but, drink. But I think that's necessary for some people who are very far and like addicted to things. I think they really need to see there's an extreme other side of like you can be free of this, and it's not culty because you can come in, you can leave whenever you want, and it's really all up to you. And, yeah. And if you yeah. go,
1: and if you go to like you know i think if you go to most 12 step meetings you know mm-hmm. a, even if you're like i hate this like mm-hmm. you, you the person next to you might even be like yeah me too yeah. you know like people these, are on this <laughs>
2: people agree with each other and there's yeah, a, and there's, there's, there's discourse there's, i feel yeah like. there's
1: a lack of pretense about it yeah. sometimes you meet people that are like really you know it, i guess there's just all different types of personalities yeah. but you know there's there's a lot of room i think in like in 12 step recovery like for you know, just people that have like the multiple, mm-hmm. just multiple dimensions to their humanity. But in this one, there was like no questioning. Right. It was like, this is the best. And I I don't ultimately think it was really harmful, but it was just, was kind of, I mean, I was, I was very young when I did this and I was also married in um, a marriage that, that was like falling apart. Oh man. To, and to somebody that I met when I was 15 years old, you know, a woman, um, and we, we, was she a part of this as well? No, she wasn't having it. She thought it was really weird. So did it f-
2: – maybe it was a part of you looking for some acceptance outside of the marriage, like, away from her? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. And I also – I think that we
1: had such, like, a an insular relationship um, mm-hmm. that I had just lost a lot of my sense of self during that relationship. She – is a very powerful person, just mm-hmm. super ambitious. And at least at that time with her, it was very much like, all right, I'm going to do this thing with my life, and you can either – you can come for the ride or not, you know, uh-huh. which is not a type of relationship that I would agree to get in at this point. But, you know, at that point, I was like, sure, like, I don't have anything going on. Like, I'll I'll follow you anywhere.
2: I'll fo- I follow a real mm-hmm. Peace Corps,
1: Oh wow. Well. you know.
2: And- How did you ultimately realize that um, you didn't want to be in a cult?
1: Uh – I think that there's this kind of weird thing that happens when you're around a bunch of people that um, all think the same thing and you're not exactly on the same page with them. It starts to feel – it makes you feel really crazy. Mm -hmm. Like it's like this – I feel like the term gaslighting is overused. Yes, but Um, I know what
2: you mean. But
1: that's kind of what it felt like. Like you just started to feel like you want to like weep sometimes because you're like, wait, my reality is not the same as everyone else's and there's no – like, there's no outlet for this. Like, if it's because, you know, and if you express to somebody, like, this has been true of, like, every kind of culty organization mm-hmm. I've ever I ever tried to join. I stopped <laughs> doing this at a certain point. But it's like, if you say something like, you know uh this feels weird to me they're like well like that's your resistance you know this is your self sabotage like you mm-hmm. know th- this is just one more tactic that you're using to keep yourself unhappy and it's time to let this go and have a truly happy life and just kind of talking you out of any of your discomfort because that's just you know one more tactic that you're using to mess things up They for use me.
2: emotion rather than like reason I I've read about cults and one of their tactics is they um will present this crazy reality that's so different from the majority of people but they say like this is the true meaning this is the secret that nobody else knows and like you're in on this secret it's like a privilege for you to know this and so uh, that's how they explain away all the things you feel weird about because then you can just be like oh well I was living in the fake or like I was living in the dark but now it's the light and that's why I feel weird Yeah. but when you break it down it doesn't hold water because it's like usually the majority of people are right for a reason there's a reason people see one reality that's real Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and that sometimes there's some
1: good ideas, too, mixed in with a bunch of the other crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, you see the people around you, and they're, like, smart. And mm-hmm. they seem like sometimes they have a lot of stuff together. So you're like, they can't be that bad, you know. I'm sure that there's other people who experienced that organization and did not find it culty, but I really did. So I, I guess I just kind of naturally stopped going at some point. How long were you doing this for? Uh, maybe two years oh wow maybe not quite that
2: long but close to it yeah Yeah, more than a year
1: yeah I don't know I I I don't really know I guess maybe from growing up in church I've always been really fascinated with like that um sense of community and Mm -hmm. I think that for a long time there was part of me that's like maybe if I just found the right cult (laughs) that believes exactly the stuff that I believe that I would be really happy have you yeah. ever
2: started? Tried to start your own? No, I'm da- I'm not
1: I'm not comfortable like leading people like it's just it's like hard enough for me to like try to manage somebody at work or whatever. I feel so bad asking someone to do something like. Even Maybe that
2: can be the cult, just people just, who feel exactly that way. Yeah, just like just like really <laughs> passive people, people who want to join a cult but don't want to force anybody. Like you anybody could totally
1: to... give us all your money, but like you completely don't have to. I'm so sorry. It's like weird that I brought it up, but like if you wanted to give us all your money, you could. <laughs>
2: If that would make you feel good, you know, I feel that would work on me. I'd be like, "Oh, she doesn't. She's not pushing me." Yeah, yeah I should. I should do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you should start a cult. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I, I, definitely made peace a little while ago with, mm-hmm. like, okay, you'll never find the right cult. This is just like, it's just, a, <laughs> it's a time in your life that you spent shopping around for the right cult, and it just wasn't meant to be. The cult was inside
2: <laughs> you all along. Yeah. all the people that you're looking for in the cult to accept you and to validate your. Beliefs are all inside you. Yeah,
1: and I guess now looking back on it, I I actually feel like maybe a little bit like I've replaced that um kind of overarching desire to like be part of some really consuming organization with just like individual narcissistic people, which is what I'm trying to get <laughs> off right now. Like now I'm just like now it's not about like buying into some weird money making organization's weird reality. It's like you know just trying to not buy into you know some super hardcore narcissistic guys. Sure, reality. that it's, makes sense. I don't know. I grew up in a rough situation, and I am one of those people that's like I struggle with boundaries, um, super earnest, mm-hmm. like very like tr- like seeking kind of person. Right. Like, oh, what does this all mean? And so I'm kind of a perfect candidate for joining a cult, except for that I'm... Um, <laughs>
2: but you're smart I, I also,
1: like, hate authority. And that is, right. like... The, I mean, I think that that's the kind of, like, you know, addict slash recovering addict to me. Is, is I'm, like, you know, I just... I, I'm very freaked out by authority, so that's right. I think that's part of the reason it never worked out for me. You've
2: always wanted to rebel. It also feels like you, throughout all this, even though you wanted to be in a cult, you always questioned it, sort of. So it seems oh, like yeah. you always maintained a sense of, like, what you really believe, and I think that's important. And that, that makes sense, because you're in comedy, and that's all about sort of finding your own voice and being able to, like express your beliefs on stage so yeah
1: yeah but it's yeah but it's a i guess that's a weird thing that it's like i'm gonna put myself in the situation that i'm not gonna like or feel comfortable with Mm -hmm.
2: just so that i can be upset about it (laughs) and
1: that's i don't know that's weird yeah a lot of self-inflicted misery
2: (laughs) it seems like you i mean it seems like you've uh had some good stories from it and grew and are in a good place now oh yeah totally and i think i'll probably never join a cult (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah good i hope not yeah but you start a cult yeah. Well, I'll join it. It seems like it'd be cool. <laughs> chill cult. Chill <laughs> um, Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Do you want to play a game? Sure. Okay. I like to play a game with my um, guests. This week's game is called, Is This Lena Dunham Apologizing or Someone Else? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So you're aware that Lena Dunham apologizes a lot for things that she said or done? Not um, enough. That's Still probably not true. Enough. So I'm going to read you a quote from an apology statement, and you have to tell me whether you think it's Lena Dunham apologizing for something or it's someone else. And if it's someone else, it'll also be a celebrity. Ready? Mm-hmm. Cool. Here's the first one. I grew up with gay family members. I'm leaving here to go spend the day with one of my closest co-workers and best friends who is gay, who's getting married, who I'm going to stand at his wedding, you know? This is from a, I guess it's more like a non-apology, but was this Lena Dunham or someone else? I'm going to say Lena. This was actually Jonah Hill apologizing for being caught on camera using a homophobic slur. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the next one. Okay. My words are spoken from a sort of delusional girl persona I often inhabit, a girl who careens between wisdom and ignorance, and it didn't translate. Was this Lena Dunham or someone else? Lena. You're correct. This was Lena Dunham apologizing for saying she wishes she had an abortion. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the next one. Until we are all believed, none of us will be believed. We apologize to any woman who have been disappointed. Was this Lena Dunham or someone else? Lena. Correct. It was Lena Dunham apologizing for defending Murray Miller after he was accused by Aurora Perrineau of rape. I remember that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, there's a lot of hers. Uh, okay, here's another. I am not accusing Rejected of lying, and I'm truly sorry if I hurt her. It was never my intention to do that. Anyway, I can't believe I have to write this, but I am not a racist nor a bully and loathe them in real life. Was this Lena Dunham or someone else? I think this is Lena still about the same situation, right? <laughs> Close, but I can see how you think that. This is actually David Cross issuing a non apologies on Twitter to Charlene E for saying some racist things to her. But, you know, he said he's not a racist, more a bully. Well, if you say it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, two more. So, wait, where are we now? You got the two right, I think, right? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Doing pretty well. Here's the next one I regret that earlier comparison because it doesn't accurately describe the condition of being attacked online and it appears to make light of domestic violence which ain't my style was this Lena Dunham or someone else I think it was someone else it was Lena Dunham oh, I'm apologizing not apologizing for comparing Gawker to an abusive husband no you're doing pretty good I think you got you're tied to two to two uh okay here's the final one so here's for the win. I'm often reminded of how big of a reach I truly have, and with great power comes great responsibility. For the first time in my life, I'm regretful to say I handled that power incorrectly. It won't happen again. Was this Lena Dunham or someone else? I think it was Lena. It was Logan Paul apologizing oh no. for the video he made in Gahara for They're all the same to me. All these, <laughs> I know, but yeah. All these
1: wacko narcissists it is, are the same
2: to me, yeah. It is interesting to realize when you take it out of context, you're like, yeah, these are all, these could all be the same.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, thanks for playing. Uh, I think you did pretty well. We'll just consider you're, you're a winner. You're a winner here.
1: The real uh, the real takeaway is that I am not going to go say every dumb thought I have on
2: the <laughs> internet. <laughs> yeah that's the real takeaway or it's just even like i think people are allowed to say what they think if they think it and as long as they're able to then critically come back and if someone is like hey that offended me to then be like oh shit okay yeah yeah. i offended you instead of like wait a minute but i felt that and i'm not racist you know what i mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah well thank you so much for playing and thank you for coming on the podcast where can people find you
1: uh so my twitter is at kate willett
2: Oh, that's two T's. Um, two
1: L's and two, two. T's. Mm-hmm. And I have some things on YouTube. Um, and I will also have a 15 minute special coming in on Netflix sometime this summer or fall. Yeah.
2: Go check her out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you.